I will add my welcome to each and every one of you. Appreciate you all being here this morning. Thank you for taking the time on this Lord's Day to gather together and to worship Him. And uh, we, so, we so very much appreciate each and every one of you being here to worship our Lord on this first day of the week. There are plenty of things, and it's a pretty long list, of the things that God hates. But it could probably be best summed up by understanding that God hates sin. In Zechariah 8 and verse 17, it says, Also let not one of you devise evil in your heart against another, and do not love perjury, for all these things are what I hate, declares the Lord. And we also are instructed to hate sin. In Psalm 97, verse 10, it says, Hate evil, you who love the Lord, who preserves the souls of his godly ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. So not only do we understand from Scripture that God hates sin, God hates evil, but he wants us to hate it too. But this morning, I mentioned a minute ago that there's a long list of, God, of things that God hates. But in Scripture, if you look in Proverbs 6, we can find a list here of seven things that God hates. So if you want to be turning in your Bibles to Proverbs 6, we will start there this morning. Proverbs 6 here, we are told seven specific things that God hates. So read with me there if you're in Proverbs 6, beginning in verse 16. Proverbs 6, beginning in verse 16, it says, There are six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. So out of the many things that God hates, here in Proverbs 16, sorry, Proverbs 6, we have a list of seven things particular that God hates. So I wanted to spend our time together this morning looking at these. And as we go through these, I hope that you will see that there's something that all these have in common. So keep an ear out for those things as we go through. So it begins here with the, things, the seven things here from this list, with haughty eyes. Your translation may say a proud look. Well, what we see from this is the idea of pride. In Proverbs 16, verses 18 and 19, a familiar verse, verses to us. Pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before stumbling. It is better to, humble, to be humble in spirit with the lowly and to divide the spoil with the proud. The idea of haughty is the idea of being proud. A haughty look, haughty eyes, a proud look. I have so many scriptures that tell us the downfalls and the pitfalls in pride. Look with me in Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12. 
verse 16. Paul here encouraging the brethren in Rome how they ought to act towards one another. Verse 9, he says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Again, more instruction on how we should hate evil things. But down in verse 16, it says, Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. So many scriptures talk about the dangers of being prideful being puffed up, being boastful in the wrong things. Paul says, I boast in the Lord, and that's appropriate. Boasting in ourselves is not. The next thing on the list is a lying tongue. A lying tongue. Do you know what Scripture says about liars? Remember with this one, particular instant but the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars their part will be in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death look what liars are associated with in this passage murderers immoral people sorcerers idolaters God hates liars and he's got a place reserved for them in judgment. Look with me over in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Again, instructions being given to these brethren at Colossae. It says there in verse 1, If you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things which are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, seeking those things that are above, encouraging each other, building one another up. Look what it says in verse 9. Do not lie to one another. Since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man. But Christ is all and in all. Do not lie to one another. God hates liars. Paul here instructing the brethren in Colossae, don't lie to one another. There's no benefit in that. And we know there from Revelation 21, verse 8, the fate that awaits liars. Next on the list is hands that shed innocent blood. Maybe a little bit harder for us to understand, at least. We don't see this as much of practice. Hopefully among our brethren. Hopefully among those we know. Shedding innocent blood. But there is a good example we can look at. Look in Matthew chapter 27. The height of shedding of innocent blood. We can see in this example here, Matthew 27, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now when morning had come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him up to Pilate the governor. Then when Judas, 
who had betrayed him, saw that he had been condemned. He felt remorse and turned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they says, but what is this to us? See to it yourself. So he threw the pieces of silver into the sanctuary and departed and he went away and hanged himself. You want to see the ultimate example of shedding innocent blood? Look what Judas says. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. No more innocent blood than the, that blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And here we have a man who betrayed him and delivered him up to ultimately be scourged and to be crucified. Those are hands that shed innocent blood. Next on the list, a heart that devises wicked plans. Another good example from Matthew. Turn back a few chapters to 12. Matthew chapter 12. A heart that devises wicked plans. Here in Matthew 12, this is the account of our Lord healing someone on the Sabbath. It says back up there in verse 9, He departed from there, he went into the synagogue, and behold, there was a man with a withered hand. And he goes on to heal that man's hand. It happens to be on the Sabbath. So the Pharisees question him. Say, you you heal on the Sabbath? Don't you know you're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath? He goes on to tell them about which one of you, if your sheep or your ox falls into a pit, are not going to bring him out of that if it happens to happen on the Sabbath. He stretched out, he told the man, stretch out your hand and, his hand, and he healed it. Verse 14. But the Pharisees went out and counseled together against him as to how they might destroy him. A heart that devises wicked plans. Is any more wicked plans than conspiring to put to death the Son of God? Can't think of one. God hates this. God hates a heart that would devise a wicked plan like this. Next on our list, feet that run rapidly to evil. Look over in Galatians chapter 1. Feet that run rapidly to evil. Again, here's some admonishment from the Apostle Paul to a certain group of people here, the Galatians. What does he tell them, beginning of verse 6? I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him, who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who do in disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even though we, or an angel from heaven, to preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you received, let him be accursed. No, I didn't read that twice. He said it twice. For I am now seeking the favor of, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? 
Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Paul tells the Galatians, I'm surprised how quickly you are turning to a different teaching. A different teaching than the ones that we have brought you. It says a different gospel. It's really not a different gospel. There's only one gospel. One faith, one Lord, one hope, one baptism. It's not another gospel. There's one gospel of Christ. Feet that run rapidly to evil. Paul says, I'm amazed how quickly you are deserting what I've already told you, what I've already taught you. Those feet were running quickly to evil. Next on the list, a false witness who utters lies. We looked a couple weeks ago about Stephen. Look over in Acts chapter 6. We looked in chapter 7 about Stephen, about the message that he brought there and what ultimately happened to him. Those who heard the message were cut to the heart, just like those were in Acts chapter 2. But instead of those like in Acts chapter 2 said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter says to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. When they were cut to the heart here, they stoned Stephen to death. Same message. Two different reactions. But look, before Stephen gives his account, in chapter 6, beginning in verse 11, it says, Then they secretly induced men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. In our Bible study this morning, we were looking at Nehemiah and how those who didn't want to see the wall get built had these false charges against what Nehemiah was doing. So they're going to set up a king here in Judah and they're going to displace the king here. Nehemiah said, that's not what we're doing. Those are false charges that you've brought against us. So here in chapter 6, and verse, or chapter 6, verse 11, we see Stephen under the same kind of scrutiny, under the same kind of false witness. And why? Look back in verse 10. And yet they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Stephen was speaking the truth. And they had no defense for that. So what did they do? They brought up these false witnesses against him. Verse 12, and they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and dragged him away and brought him before the council. They brought these false charges and they stirred up the people and dragged Stephen before the council to answer these false charges. A false witness who utters lies. God hates this. Last on the list. One who, sow, one who spreads strife among brothers. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Beginning verse 24. And the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all. Able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come upon their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome. 
must not have this strife among brethren, must be able to calmly and peacefully deal with trouble as they arise. Look also in Romans chapter 16. We get a similar account to this. A little bit more of a warning from the Apostle Paul speaking to the brethren in Rome. Romans 16, beginning verse 17. It says, Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned and turn away from them. For such men are slaves, not out of our Lord Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. Your translation there in verse 17 may say something about note that man or mark that man. Keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances. What does God hate? One who spreads strife among the brethren. Here in these two examples from Timothy and from Romans, you see Paul saying the very same thing. Keep your eye on those who cause dissension. Mark them. Why? Because they are not slaves of Jesus Christ. They are slaves of their own appetites. Slaves of their own belly. In their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting, leading people astray. So what do these things have in common? We have a list here of seven things that God hates. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. Were you able to pick up on something that these have in common? Look at it this way. Haughty eyes. Do not be wise in your own estimation. A lying tongue. Do not lie to one another. Hands that shed innocent blood. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. They sought to know how they might destroy him. Pharisees planning to destroy Jesus. Put him to death. Feet that run rapidly to evil. The Galatians there. Paul says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly turning to a different gospel, a preaching, preaching a gospel contrary to that which you've received. Going to a different message. False witness who utters lies. Secretly induce men to say. Conning other men to say something about this innocent person. One who spreads strife among the brethren. Those who cause dissension and hindrances. One very glaring thing to me, and I'm sure many parallels could be drawn and many distinctions could be drawn from this, but what I see that these things have in common is these are the wrongs that people commit against each other. Proud, a proud look, lying tongue, lying towards one another, about one another. Hands that shed innocent blood. How Judas betrayed his teacher, Jesus Christ. A heart that devised wicked plans. The Pharisees, how they, they plotted how they might destroy Jesus the Christ. Feet that run rapidly to evil. Leaving the gospel that Paul had taught to go 
and hear something that someone else has taught. Those false teachers leading others astray. A false witness lying about someone else in order to persecute them. And one who spread strife among the brethren. One who would cause dissension among their own brethren. These are wrongs that people commit against each other. And brethren, I'll tell you, and our visitors, God is not pleased when we wrong each other. Not in any stretch of the imagination. We mentioned Zechariah 8 and verse 17 in the opening of this. It says, Also let no, not one of you devise evil in your heart against another. Do not love perjury, for all of these are what I hate, declares the Lord. When we engage in these kind of activities, we do these against one another. God says, I hate that. In fact, God has told us to do the opposite. Instead of hating our brethren, instead of stirring up strife, all those things that we have listed, God has told us to do the opposite. Matthew 22, familiar passage. Came to Jesus and asked him, what's the greatest commandment? Remember what Jesus says? You shall love your Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost command. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Remember the great command. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. What's the second one? Well, it's, it's like it. What Jesus says. This is the greatest and foremost command. The second is like it. There is something that relates these two. It's the love that we're to have. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. We mention often about Jesus and his ministry. Being concerned with the condition of the heart. Yes, you've heard it said, you should not commit murder, you should not commit adultery. He goes on to tell them in Matthew 5 and other places about the attitude behind those actions. It has to do with love. Love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. You're doing that, and if you're loving, loving your neighbor as yourself, you won't be engaged in these seven things that God hates. Because those are the opposite of loving your neighbor. Look over in Ephesians chapter 4. Leave you with this thought. Ephesians 4. Beginning in verse 25. Therefore, laying aside all falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. Let him who steals steal no longer, but rather let him labor performing with his own hands what is good, in order that he may have something to share with those who have need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is good for edification, 
according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. As we think about the things that God hates, we have a list here of seven of those in Proverbs 6. There's many more things that he hates. But it comes down to he hates sin. He hates evil. He hates it when we transgress our brothers. When we do wrong to our brethren, to those in the world, we're all his creation. We all are part of God's creation. And how much did he love each one of us? So much that he sent his son to die for us. That's the gospel message. That God our Father sent his son to die for our sins. Hearing the gospel message, it's up to us then to believe. If we believe, we've been convicted by the things that we have heard. We'll repent. We'll turn away from those things in our life that we need to put behind us. Turn in a new direction. We understand that, and we understand that we have to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. To make that good confession before men. Upon that, we can be baptized. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, Mark 16 and verse 16. We come up out of that water, a new creature, to walk in newness of life, as, Roman, as Paul talks about in Romans 6. To be a new child of God. And it is our duty to continue to be faithful to him. Revelation 2 and verse 10 says, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. That's our mission. And along the way, we have to love our neighbor. Love God and love our neighbors. Seven things there that God hates. And that list of seven things, one of the things they have in common is us transgressing others in the world. Our brothers, sisters in Christ, and those in the world. Don't be guilty of that. Be faithful to God. Love your neighbor. If you are subject to the gospel message, we can help you. If you're visiting with us. We appreciate you being here this morning. If there's further study that you would like to have on the plan of salvation or anything else that you might have heard this morning, I'm happy to sit down and study with you. If you're a child of God and you have stumbled in some way and you need the prayers of this congregation, we can help you with that as well. And you can let those things be known by coming forward as together we stand and sing.